at quarterback number 19. Bernie, Bernie, oh yeah, how you can throw. Yeah, 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 Bernie, Bernie, oh baby, Super Bowl. All right, welcome everybody to the fourth episode of Six B's and a P, week three here of the Cleveland Brown season. I'm your host, Brian Costco, here on AquabearLegion.com. Very special co-host today, my fellow Brian Michael, and also last week's trivia winner, all the way from Chicago, Illinois, Brian Weeby, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure to oh, be it here. Is. It is a pleasure to have you. Uh, in fact, getting to talk. Yeah, very nice. Yes. Studio audience here. Um, still excited until I mention that we're going to talk about today's game. <laughs> little sad trombone. Yes, it was one of those kind of days. Um, and getting a chance at least to talk to Brian Weeby about this literally got me through the fourth quarter of that game. Like I was like, oh, at least I'll get a chance to talk to Brian about this terribleness. Agreed. First things first, uh, I do want to say I'm Brandon Whedon. I'm still pro Brandon Whedon at this point. I feel like those interceptions at the end of the game, he was yeah. just trying to do anything. He could. So yeah, I just want to get that. Some shit. I am, yeah, I'm still 100% Brandon Whedon. I also realized last week that we share initials. Oh, B dubs. B dubs, yes. B dubs, so, Brandon Whedon. Weed is in his last name. So and there Josh you go. Whedon, hit comic book maker, movie entrepreneur. It's good mojo for the team. Very close. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's right there. Ugh, okay. Well, this, I think Mojo. Good Mojo. Yeah. I like Good Brandon Mojo. Whedon. Brandon Whedon's solid. I think he's probably about the same age as us, too. I also wanted to bring up, too, <laughs> he is, and I like that about him. I feel like he's lived a life. He played some minor league baseball. That's got to make you tougher. You know, he's pitching. Sure. Pitching is difficult. Sure. It's, it's very a lot hard. like being a quarterback. For the Cleveland Browns. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, also... Like, I think there's a rich history of quarterbacks who've kind of, you know, hit a resurgence at this point in their career, and he's starting at that resurgence point. He's like Kurt Warner as a rookie. Sure, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of quarterbacks that are great quarterbacks, this is when they're good, late 20s, yeah. early 30s, and uh, who knows? I mean, maybe he's a little, it, if he's any good, maybe he'll last a little longer because, you know. And he he's hasn't... wanted to be a Brown. God um, damn, he took some hits today, though, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There was a couple of times. We were talking about, before the show, uh, as me and Brian were getting our audio stuff set up, we were talking about, I brought up Arthur Motes, whose name I kept hearing. He's a Bills uh, defensive player, and Brian found out his nickname is none other than The Body. <laughs> That's right, Arthur The Body Motes, and he just destroyed the Browns today. Brought the hurt. He, yeah. Um, watch out for but, the body. Watch out for the body. 
So lot, lots of complaints this week. We mentioned Brandon Weed is not necessarily one of them, though. I mean, there were some things he did, but I'm not. It's there's a lot of other things to discuss. Mm-hmm. Stone uh, hands. Ugh. Never-ending brown stone hands. What is the deal with some of? I mean, like, and then see, I feel like sometimes you know, um, there's just too many hindrances. You know, I wrote down during the game when I was taking notes, you know, that the Browns have to finish things. They have to take advantage of the fact when other teams make mistakes. They mm-hmm. never do that. I mean, I think in all three of these games, there were points where the other team started playing very badly. Mm-hmm. And the Browns were like, oh, yeah, we can play worse than that. Like every time. Like yeah. there was a point today where it was like, second and 19 or third and 19 or something and they threw like a one yard pass up middle they had like no timeouts and it's like oh loss of two and he's just like in the middle of the field clocks rolling they got like no yardage and i was just like what are they doing out there yeah, um and, there, and you there was a few times today too when like it seemed like the momentum was swinging their direction sure but then they had that first down that was called back on a shitty holding call which didn't really look like a hold but whatever yeah, and like Whedon was immediately pissed about that, and I was like, "Good for you. That's the right time to be angry." Sure, sure, get a little. And passion. then there was that time when they had the third down stop, and Jackson hit the guy a little bit late. Yes, and he realized Which... midway through doing it, he's like, "Oh fuck, I didn't mean to hit him." Yeah, and that's you know, and that that's the kind of just unfortunate. And then there's those. That's even separate from not being able to take advantage. Of. Those are just like extra stupid things. Momentum so there's always... killers. Yeah, and. uh I mean, I think one of the things you're talking about, the third quarter drive, I wrote that down. Whedon drove him right down the field. I think it ended with the touchdown to Travis Benjamin, mm-hmm. who's, you know, I mean, and that was exciting. And then it Definitely. just couldn't keep that momentum going. And you brought up that you thought dreadlock should be mandatory. I got a text message from you at that point. And I mean, between Trent Richardson and Travis Benjamin and Josh Cribbs, it seems to me that the guys bringing it have dreadlocks. Yeah, and Osama Young made a couple plays at – various points he's got some dreads too um i am excited about non-dreadlocked uh is it benjamin gordon or no oh, jo- travis josh gordon, gordon. travis gordon. Josh that's gordon. right yeah, yes. gordon. that's the kid from baylor that they got in the supplemental draft yeah he's made but, some like that play i i also thought they need to engineer more plays where if the first guy misses it the second guy has an opportunity to catch it that was an unbelievable play. I wrote that down too. I think that was on that drive in the third quarter. And uh, for those of you who did see it or didn't see it, uh, Brandon Whedon threw a, a rocket to Greg Little, like a high, just amazingly fast. And that's the kind of stuff too, real fast to interrupt myself. That's why you're not going to see Colt McCoy for a while this year is because Brandon Whedon can throw a football. He hasn't quite figured out how to exactly throw it to the right spot every time mm-hmm. or how to make the right decisions. But that was a rocket and it hit Greg Little in the fingertips. <laughs> and Josh Gordon was 12 yards behind Greg Little, caught the ball. And I was like, that was awesome. Like, um, double receivers. Who's he going to throw it to? Both yes. of them. You know, like really. To... It's. A, I think they need to go for that more often because uh, it worked out well. <laughs> they also wrote down to uh, Jordan Cameron. Had a solid game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. they, you know, that's, I feel like in terms of the offense, the line needs a little work. But mainly, I think they need a number one receiver. Like, I think all the guys they have are good, but they're not, like, go-to guys. They're good second options. Yeah, and I think the one one. I totally agree with that. And one of the things that I had talked about going in this year is I really thought Greg Little was going to 
turn into that person. You know, he's this big physical receiver. He ended up having a good year last year for not playing football all the year before. But they haven't been throwing him the ball that much. And, I mean, some of them have been bouncing off his hands, too. Yeah. If only someone else can – I like that as the backup, too. There's always another receiver behind the one you're throwing it to for when it inevitably bounces off his hands. Sort of like the alley-oop. Greg Little <laughs> always has a trailer that follows yes. behind. Bray, he's like – that's the stuff that reminds me of Braylon Edwards, and that scares me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, you – we. You know, and Trent Richardson, uh, nice touchdown. Uh, that was a good good run. But 33 yards or something he had, I mean, yeah. that's not going to get it done. Either. total yards with the catches. Yeah. And that's one thing I thought they need to just take advantage of, too, that I didn't see happening is just, like, dunk the ball off to him. He can make shit happen, you know? Like, he should be in on every play and just flaring out. Yeah, I mean. And he's the last option. It's like, oh, everybody's covered because nobody can get open. Give it to the fucking playmaker. Totally, and I think you have to kind of take advantage of the fact that you have somebody that has that much talent mm-hmm. on this team. Because, like, not to say that they haven't had, you know, flirted with people that have had some amount of talent, but Trent Richardson's really good. And yeah. it's, I it's, just think that's a, at least a total positive for the Browns this year is you get to watch <laughs> someone awesome play yeah. in a Browns uniform. Totally, and he seems excited about doing that. And I just I. It's interesting, though, and I, I mean, it seems like a cliche thing to bring up, but you, you watch someone like Trent Richardson who's not used to losing, um, mm-hmm. or Brandon Whedon in the same way even. Um, you watch them lose their first three games, and it's just kind of interesting to see. I mean, hopefully that, you know, they only got four days till we play the Ravens on Thursday, so hopefully that sparks them a little bit. Yeah, um, I think it could, you know, and I think I think they will definitely – shock some people this year because i feel like you know they've already shown that they're competitive you know it's not uh they're not out of any of these games so no no and that's the one thing that was i i kept thinking about as i was watching today's game is i in all three games i've felt that they honestly could have won the game um yeah. and that doesn't didn't happen a lot last year or the year before i mean there was a lot of just like oh i don't know if i can even watch the rest of this like I'd rather Brandon Whedon throw touchdowns at the end of the game when he's just trying to make something happen, when he doesn't have any timeouts. And, <laughs> you know, uh, it it's a little more encouraging, even though it was sad to see him lose. And it's, it sucks that they're 0-3, and I've been trying to figure out exactly what were those couple things that made him 0-3. But you're right. it's it's They've shown they can be competitive, and it actually seems like a, they're a football team sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. Like there was, um, speak, yeah, genuine camaraderie. And, and speaking of, I mentioned the timeouts thing. I know you got a bone to pick with Brad Childress, so maybe we'll we'll talk now about who we focused our anger at. And I'm actually going to put it out here now because I think it's inevitable. I mean, I know this team has a lot of potential, so they could start winning some games at some point. Um, but I really. Pat Shermer just I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go so far as to call for him to be fired or anything like that. But I will say we I am on the anti Pat Shermer boat officially at this point. I mean, he just doesn't seem like he knows what's going on. And you know, there's never any timeouts. That's one thing I've noticed in these games is at the end of the games, there's not a lot of timeouts. And I know he's challenging plays and trying to mm-hmm. get things going. But when you're calling your last timeout with, I think, four and a half minutes left or something, 
when their offense, the other team's offense, is on the field, like that's a bad sign. And then asking a rookie quarterback to try to score ten points in four minutes with no timeouts is impossible. Right. Um, and, yeah, game you know, management, which you got to put on the hands of the coach. You know, sometimes it's the quarterback, sometimes it's the opposing team. But yeah, it didn't seem like they could manage the game in any way shape or form like there'd be times where they were driving but it's like come on guys the clock's running you know Mm -hmm. and like you said the timeout situation as well Uh, um i think the play calling that's why my bone is with uh brad childress offensive coordinator who's rarely ever mentioned i feel like but he looks like a real turd he does look like a turd and uh and the play calling's bullshit. It's like, why are you running two plays in a row early in the game when you're down 14? You need to be, like, spreading the field. And like I was yeah. saying, dunk the ball to Richardson every – that's your last option every fucking pass play. Dump the Agreed. ball to Richardson. Agreed. And, you know, that's the thing is there – you have a quarterback who can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And they're still not taking advantage of that, I don't think. And I know they're trying, and he's getting his grounds. But you mentioned with Richardson, too. You have this guy who can make things happen, and they're still just calling the stupidest plays. And yeah, I had mentioned, like I said, there was a point where they just threw – it was like a third and long, and they threw like a two-yard pass down the center, and they had like no timeouts at the end of the game. It's like, well, there there goes a minute for losing two yards, you know, and that's just dumb, mm-hmm. dumb, you know. Yeah, it seems like if they could, and like those kind of plays are great plays to do on first down. You know, it's like sure, sure, but not third at the end of the game. And um, so yeah, you know, play calling, uh, game management, kind of fundamentals, and you wonder if that stuff isn't. And we got uh, we've not talked about the defense at all, which did not look particularly good today. uh, Yeah, and after the first week of the season, um, they look like such a a positive for this team and nothing the last two weeks, you know, not a lot of sacks. I don't think any interceptions. There's just not, I think it really speaks to Joe Hayden's importance. Joe Hayden is awesome. Players on the field, apparently, apparently dude. And what makes it worse is not only is he like two players on the field, but you know, these guys that we have backing him up while some of them look like they had some potential as uh, people who came in and out here and there or playing in the nickel package, you know, people like uh, Dimitri Patterson and, uh, Buster screen, you know, um, when they nice are plays. starting, they made some nice Ward, plays. But right? Is he a safety or something? Yeah, he's safety. TJ Ward's pretty good. And Sheldon Brown came in and made some plays too. Um, but it, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's just that teams are throwing on the Browns. I mean, both last weekend, this week, I thought, you know, and you're not, I'm not, you know, Andy Dalton's pretty good, I think. And, and obviously the Bengals have some talent at receiver, but I'm not convinced that Ryan Fitzpatrick is as good as Andy Dalton, you know. Oh, uh, hell no. That was one thing and, I wanted to say is I left today thinking I was very glad that the Browns quarterback was not Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I he mean, looks like he's like at a dark place in his life, you know. He's got he a old beard. He has a faraway look in his eye. He lost <laughs> that silly fumble that was ridiculous. Oh, yes, yes. And, yeah, you mentioned he looks like he is just – on some sort of soul-searching mission gone wrong, um, and he has found himself playing quarterback for the Buffalo Bills and then spending the other six days a week sitting in a dark bar. <laughs> exactly. Uh, scratching off lottery tickets or something. Um, so just to update everybody, because we kind of just started complaining and babbling and stuff, the Browns did lose to the Bills today, 24-14, to uh, to go to 0-3 to start off the season, and this is the fourth time 
in the last four years, the Browns have started 0-3 as well. Uh, good God. You know, I mean, that's the thing. I was ran into Matt Hillis last night at the Union, and we were talking about the Browns, and we both talked about, like, we feel, we feel pretty good. I feel like they're going to win tomorrow. I feel like even 0-2, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And it's like I realized not a lot of other fans from other teams say anything like that ever. You're not like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Patriots. Oh, we're owing too. I feel good about that. Like they'd be freaking out. I saw like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the true. Browns. It's like, oh, this has been like this for the last four out of the last five years. And you know that fifth year. I didn't go look it up, but you know that fifth year. I'm sure they started one and two. It's not like they started three and zero. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it is sort of. <clears throat> that's an odd thing to me too, because it's like, I feel like you're saying Browns fans temper their expectations and their they're satisfied with less, you know, than some other fans. Um, but at the same time, we are very quick to fucking slam the door on someone. You know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. We are done with this person. Because you mentioned so, Pat Shermer, and I want to interject. Uh, sure. Romeo Cornell. I kind of wish he was still the coach. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously the Chiefs picked him up, you know, and he, he is – now gone through an off season. He went from interim to head coach there. And that team, I mean, we could do a whole show on the Chiefs. That's like that's a Browns. Team. That's the Browns from a couple years ago with like <laughs> cr- crappy Peyton Hillis added for good measure. Yeah. Um, I think the old Browns offensive officially. <laughs> yeah, can you believe he got on the Madden cover? I was thinking about that. I voted for him like fifty times. Yeah. <laughs> what else do we got here? Um, let's see. Oh, yes, I had my uh, favorite brown tweet of the week. Oh, tweet of the, tweet of the week. Um, yes. As you know, everybody, but let me I'll give just a quick plug before we get into that. Um, six Bs and a P is on the Twitter, um, and you should follow us and tweet at us and talk to us and share us and all that stuff. I, twaddle I still twaddle it and twiddle it and twadoodle it. We only have like 12 followers, so that means that, you know, I would like to see some more. Uh, and you can find us at number six, letter B, number one, letter P, six B, one P. Brian Weeby, what's your favorite Browns player tweet of the week? All right. Uh, this is someone I know you're a fan of, but uh, he said, if someone asks you on a date tonight, don't go. It's dollar burger night at Bar Louie, that ninja cheap. <laughs> That was my oh. favorite tweet of the week. Didn't get a lot of publicity, um, but it was a good one. And it's uh, quite possibly, I, I'm confident in saying, although quiet game today, one of your favorite Browns players. Oh, Frosty Rucker, possibly? Frosty Rucker. Old Frosty Rucker. I am a big fan of Frosty Rucker. I want to, uh, I'd love to get him on the show. I yes. think we need to start working towards that goal we are big fans of Frosty Rucker. He might demolish um, the show. He's such a giant badass. He might. The show might. It might be the last episode, and that's fine. If Frosty Rucker <laughs> ends the show, we'll go. figure out. That's a good way to go out. Um, but Frosty, my man, we need you. Uh, quick, you know, even just a couple minutes. We don't normally have too long of a show. Um, and I love Frosty Rucker. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a fan of the. Bar Louie, going to get some dollar burgers. <laughs> Ninja cheap. Ninja cheap. There uh, was another tweet today that, or uh, from a Browns player. I don't know if you heard about this. It seemed like it got some uh, negative press. And quite frankly, after the way he played today, maybe it was deserved because he continued to do the same celebration despite making just sort of moderately decent plays. 
But uh, Greg Little tweeted, I'm like Usain Blot. Not Bolt. Not Usain <laughs> Bolt. Usain <laughs> Blot. Maybe and then he did the Thunderbolt shooting lightning shit today. You know, it's like, dude, catch a touchdown dude, pass and then do that shit. You, ca- you caught a pass for eight yards and you're short of the first down. <laughs> I feel like Usain Bolt would do better than that. So we'll I give up. That's the worst tweet of the week. So take that, Greg Little. Step it up. Seriously. Let's give him a little. Give him a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Is the sad trombone coming through? I feel like I must not be. We lost the sad trombone. We lost it. <laughs> I can't get All it right. together. So here. tweet of the week gets. Uh, let's see if this works. Yep. Oh, are we losing sounds? We lost the sounds. Thanks a lot. Maybe they'll all come crashing through at an odd moment. (laughs) We'll get 10 different uh, trombones. Uh, I uh, had some crickets chirping, cash money sound. Some uh, long applause. So Frosty Rucker tweeted the week, and I know Brian, um, maybe we should do, we can save the trivia to the end of the show. Let's talk about a couple more things. Um, so you mentioned Jordan Cameron, big game. There were some positive things, but penalties again, you know. And these replacement refs suck. I mean, I, yeah. I hate to sound like everybody else, but, I mean, the DeQuell Jackson thing, you know, that guy still seemed like he might have been in bounce a little bit. And there was even there was even a time when I think it was Cribs did a fair catch or something, and they – they marked him like seven yards ahead of where he caught the ball. They're right. like moving him up, and there was one time when they gave the Bills a there it is. They gave the boom. They gave the Bills a first down, and it really didn't seem like that they was should've. really perfect timing on that. <laughs> that um, so let's talk about next week. Ravens on Thursday. Ugh. Yeah, the Ravens. Tough, tough game. Might have some more sound effects chiming in in an awkward moment here shortly. <laughs> I just hit the sad trombone a couple times. I yeah. don't know what. Yeah. I think I got some laughter See. coming through. Yeah, the Ravens, you got to think it's going to be a tough game. They're a competitive team. You know, people think they're going to go places. They're, the thing is, with the Ravens, though, as the Ravens have always been, despite winning, they are just no fun to watch. No, Joe Flacco... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. We're gonna take. I'm I'm glad I have Brandon Whedon instead of Joe Flacco as my team. Joe Flacco is boring. Uh, there we are. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and he's full of himself. He's yes, a, he is. He's a, total, <laughs> he's a dick bag. He is a dick bag. And Ray Rice is pretty awesome, but whatever. Yeah, we'll say sure. I'm about him too. All the all the sound <laughs> effects coming through at the same time right now. I wasn't that funny. Did I mention? Uh, I don't think I talked about. You know, the the Ravens known for their defense, and the Browns. I think we both agreed the defense needs some help. Yes. But I've got a I got a solution, and it's somebody okay. potentially we could draft next year. Okay. But I don't think we even have to wait. I'm talking about uh, the Honey Badger from LSU. He's been suspended for the year. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Yeah, he does a lot of drugs. But hey, he did. He did. Has room for drug abusers. To to be fair, Josh Gordon. That's what he had to go to the supplemental draft for. He smoked some weed at a party. Getting he was getting jiggy with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Joe Hayden, obviously. Crunching up the Adderalls. And... Crunching up the Addies. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I've already brought this up in this podcast before, but Jabal Sheard threw a guy through an art gallery window. <laughs> yeah, I mean. This... And so let's get the honey badger. I already, like, I don't care. I already said if Mitt Romney could help this team win a game, I'd listen to him. I might vote for him. Yeah, you know, and the honey badgers. Who cares? That goes down way easier than that shit. Sure, the honey badgers. <laughs> I, all he did was, you know, party a little bit. But that's he's the kind of wild card the Browns need. You yeah, know? I think so. And he... Ah, mm, the defense needs something. I mean, Joe Hayden being gone, obviously, has made it difficult. But And, you know, there's a couple good players. You mentioned TJ Ward. Quell Jackson, I think, is pretty awesome. But, you know, Phil Taylor being gone, too, man, is mm. a, you know, that line. I was excited about the defensive line between Phil Taylor, uh, my man Frosty Rucker, Jabal Sheard. I thought they were going to have a nasty front line. Instead, you know, we. Yeah, and it's also been tough. I feel like, you know, Scott Fajita is normally a guy whose name you hear called during the game, and he's still not the playmaker he was you know previously yeah and he and he didn't play that much even today they were talking about that um and speaking of that actually i wanted to mention too i, I made a note um you know one of the things even me and you watching games over the years have joked about you know is you watch a game on cbs and they always have the it's literally you could tell like the bottom pairing of announcers get the, <laughs> get the browns game no matter what unless yeah. unless the browns happen to be playing the Patriots or the Packers or something, you know. Right. For years, it was like always Neil Gant. <laughs> For years, it was always like Neil Gannon or Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. And you're Neil like, O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell. Yeah, you're like, Neil O'Donnell. Ever. Yeah, it's like. He played, but no one cared. And Neil O'Donnell's like, man, Derek Anderson sucks. And you're like, God, Derek Anderson must suck. Neil O'Donnell's right. <laughs> But I'll bet he sucks. But they actually today, and I don't even know who the team was. I think Steve Berline was one of them. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. He was a backup QB for the Cowboys when I lived down in Dallas yeah. many years ago. Territory of Bernie Kosar would later follow. Yes. Um, rich, <laughs> rich history. <laughs> Uh-oh. One. Little technical difficulties there. But we're back. We're back. All right. You know, we're doing this across state lines over the internet. Uh, on a shoestring budget, people. It's not easy. This ain't 60 minutes. No. Um, so we were talking about the crappy announcing teams the Browns games get. Um, Steve Berline, Rich Gannon, Neil O'Donnell. Yikes. Um, and I was saying that uh, at about eight minutes left in the third quarter of today's game, they kind of let one of those like, well, the Bills are going to be 2-1. and one. It was like, dude, there's still like a quarter <laughs> and eight minutes left. Like, I know the Browns are terrible. It was before the Browns scored that uh, extra touchdown, so it had been 17-7 for a little while. I was just like, come on, man. Yeah. Like Steve, Steve Berline. I – um, and actually, actually, speaking of announcers, yeah, I listened to the beginning of the game on the radio, uh, driving back from Columbus, and uh, I got a chance to listen to Doug Deacon and Jim Donovan, my favorite uh, Cleveland duo. Though I am a fan of Bernie Kosar as well, <laughs> announcing the games. He's but a wonderful Doug, announcer. Doug Deacon, 
he said squirted squirted it out like 10 times like it got to the point where i was just like gross doug deacon i can't hear you he'd be like they're trying to squirt one out there trying to squirt it they're squirting one in trent richardson trying to squirt it through and it's just like <laughs> ugh, like that's not yeah, he's a lot of weird verbs in football but squirt doesn't need to be any of them um, yeah especially with a team called the browns but um, yeah squirting browns from yeah. doug deacon come on doug um but it was, you. you know, we'd love to I'm have you sure. on the show, Doug. I'm not just sure if we talked about this originally, or, or you know, if it was in the lead up. But uh, you know, Browns not a rain team, not a squirting not, team, not a squirting team, not a rain. And and I, when you, me and you talked about that yeah. um, earlier and before the show, and I mentioned that you know that's the thing about the Browns, you just can't have. There can be no other thing happening that's no going to make it. No distractions, no rain, um, no. It snows bad normally. You think a team that plays in Cleveland could, but like snow's no good. If someone gets hurt, like anybody, that's not good. Um, you know, yeah. it's just ugh, it's not. They're playing in a dome. It's like, oh no! Like even this week, I'm worried about them playing on Thursday. It's like, oh, they've only had four days. Maybe that could be. That's gonna throw them off. Yeah. It. You know, and Masakwa, is that Masakwa? How do you say Masakwa, that? Masakwa, yeah, he got rocked too, didn't he? he yeah, was... he was limping, and he, you know, I'm kind of through with him too, I think. He's had his chance. Yeah. I felt like there was a couple points at the beginning of this year where Whedon was throwing him some passes, and he looked all right, but you're right. He's just not durable, and he doesn't seem to know how to catch the ball. I might be the time to give up on him. You know, Ryan Rubisky was drafted at the same time Masakwa was, and where's he? Nobody signed that guy at all. Like, we cut him, and everyone was like, no, Brian Rubisky, I don't think so, you know. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was saying today at one point when I was frustrated with the Stonehand stuff, uh, I said, how much does a receiver cost? I was at a bar, you know, and the guy next to me is like, I don't know, how much did Julio Jones cost? And it's like, well, yeah, we passed on him. That's a, that's a sort of subject. That, what did, they essentially got uh, Phil Taylor eventually, instead of Julio Jones, they traded back a bunch, got him. And I like Phil Taylor, but you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they got the extra pick this year that turned into Brandon Whedon. Yeah, Uh, I know, but it seems like they could have maybe snuck him in the round two if they weren't sitting where they were sitting, you know? And totally. And you know, it, uh, you're right. You see Julio Jones, who's on my fantasy football team and he seems to be pretty awesome. Yeah. He's a beast. And you think about like, what if you had him, also from Alabama, right? No, Georgia. He's from Georgia, yeah. University of Georgia. But what if you had him and Trent Richardson, and then you still had these guys like Greg That's Little. More dreadlocks. Your, your more dreadlocks. And you have these guys like Greg Little or Travis Benjamin. Um, you know, you have these guys on top of having someone like Julio Jones. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So, but I could see, you know, both uh, Gordon and Benjamin seem to have that sort of lanky playmaker-ish potential i suppose let's hope so you know i mean i think we give this unit some time to develop and maybe you'll find a receiver but like you said right now there isn't that guy that uh, they can go to yeah that people fear you know i think that's an important thing if there's one it's like having joe hayden you know if there's one cornerback the other team fears yes it it makes you can focus a little more on the run you know things like that and I think it even goes as far as like you know game plan with other teams preparing, like knowing that psychological that that person's out there that you have to deal with. Right. Um, 
And for the Browns today, it probably was someone like C.J. Spiller, who their defense was worried about. And hope C.J. is feeling better, but he took some hits. Yeah. Um, and but we still know, got just, pretty well acquainted with the Tashard. Tashard choice. Because yeah, anybody can anybody can run on the Browns. I mean, it seems that way sometimes, you know. Yeah, if they uh, had, you know, that's why I think it all goes back to if Hayden's there, they can, you know, put another man up front to stuff hey, to shard exactly. choice. And the Bills play with a lot of receivers, so, they, you know, they got to have the crappy secondary back there that doesn't have Joe Hayden in it. You got an extra cornerback, and it's just trouble. So, mm-hmm. um. So, yeah, hopefully things get better. Obviously, with Joe Hayden, the defense looks a lot better uh, than it does without him. And the offense, I think, is there, but, you know, you just got to. Is it too early to look to next year already? Is that kind of – I'm already sort of starting to lean that way. Well, that's also, I mean, a way to look at it is, like, what do you expect out of the Browns this year? And, if I mean, Brandon Whedon's obviously going to be the quarterback for the year, and it's going to be a – you know, he's looking pretty good, but it's going to be tough to win football games. He's learning on the job, and mm-hmm. you know, you're starting Josh Gordon sometimes, it seems, and you're starting Trent Richardson and Mitchell Schwartz and all these rookies. Um, I say you so, got to give all nearly all of them a pass, you know, especially sure. Whedon. That's just – I think if we stuck behind him, he's got the he's got the, the parts, you know. Yeah. He's got an attitude. I, he's got a gun for an arm. I think he can do it. And I'm interested to see, you know, once he gets like eight games under his belt, like I want to see those compared to McCoy's numbers from last year in eight games. Cause I just, you know, I don't remember Colt McCoy throwing a lot of touchdowns and I remember him throwing a lot of interceptions mm-hmm. and having a lot of 120 yard games, you know, and throwing 30% completion. So, I mean, Brandon Whedon, especially these last two games has had pretty good stats. Um, and he's passed the eye test. I think sometimes, you know, it mm-hmm. seems like someone, like you said, that, could develop into something. Um, so maybe it's not too early to start thinking. Hopefully, I was I was originally hoping in this podcast that it would take, you know, eight or ten episodes before we were like, oh, what about next year? Right. Um, in fact, there's a great Cleveland sports blog that I read all the time called Waiting for Next Year. Yeah. Sometimes just seems to be the case, not just for the Browns, but for, for all of them. Yeah, you know, I hope some of the younger guys maybe take the rest of the opportunity, year as an opportunity to, like, be someone that the other teams will learn to fear. You know, I think sure, Richardson's sure. that guy for sure. I think teams are already afraid of him. Um, I'd like to see somebody younger on defense just kind of, you know, put yeah, the hurt on some people or something, you know. Agreed, agreed. And, you know, like you said, I think there's that psychological aspect to it. And then, you know, there's a person then out on the field who has the ability to make some things happen to go back to what I was talking about earlier, like you feel like this team can't take advantage. You know, there was a lot of times like when they were up, when they cut it to a 17, 14 game today, mm-hmm. like where you're like, come on, I needed the defense to get an interception or make a big sack force a punt, you know, and it just didn't happen. And then even when they got the ball, you know, it was like, Oh, we didn't get a first down on the ball. Reggie Hodges punted like 15 times today. So, that was another thought I had is like maybe the Browns should try to invest in like the greatest punter of all time. Like, and I'm talking like going Hollywood, uh, you know, like maybe someone from the women's USA gold medal soccer team becomes a let's punter. Get, let's get Freddie Adu. Maybe Goldie Hunt, that guy. If she Goldie, huh? can a mule, maybe a mule <laughs> comes in, Gus. Yeah. Yes. Like, we, let's try it. <laughs> 
So let's, as we finish up here, um, let's talk about, I know we wanted to mention, you are the trivia winner from last week. And um, uh, to that, you win an Aquabare Legion orange and brown button, which I'll mail out to you. In addition um, to this wonderful uh, guest appearance. In, in addition to getting to be on the show, and I'm sure, you know, uh, we extend the invitation for you to come on here whenever you feel like. Uh, glad to have you. Pleasure and, to be here. And you won, we are talking about who was the last rookie to have a 100-yard game, and the answer was? Lee Suggs. Lee Suggs, which made you think of the question. Who the hell is Lee Suggs? And I vaguely remember Lee Suggs. I think it was like 2003, and you found out he was replaced by... Ruben Drones. Yeah, and so, you know, we talked about the one episode, Randy gave the parade of quarterback names. Yes. And I mean, there's been a lot of running backs on this team that all kind of suck a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, or we get them when they're not so great. Jamal Lewis, probably an exception. He got a year or two out of him before he started to... Yeah, he had a dominant. really solid year there, I'd say. And, and yeah, besides that, not so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, same thing as quarterbacks. Bad drafting. Sometimes we talked about Willie Green. And, Good old uh, Willie Green, and he had a he seemed Willie to have Green. potential too. Like he could bust out some runs. He could, and uh, just didn't seem to. Had some trouble with the law yeah. <laughs> and various other uh, things. He got hurt a little bit. But, but you he's know, still someone we'd want to be on the show if possible, right? Willie Green, we would love to have you on the show. Yeah, in fact, I was talking about how I need to follow his Twitter account. I think he does have one. Willie Green, come on. Six B's and a P. We'll call it Six B's and a P with WG that week <laughs> if you were on the show. Um, but, yeah, Lee Suggs. What happened to that guy? I think... Ruben Drones, too. What happened to him? Ruben... I mean, I looked it up on Wikipedia. I don't really remember because it's forgettable. Yeah, he's but playing. Name, like Ruben Drones is pretty incredible. It's like a yeah. futuristic. Uh, so ho- it's like one of those Fox <laughs> robot running backs, really. Ruben sure. Drones. Ruben Drones. He played Cyberball on the Sega Genesis <laughs> back in the day. Um, so Lee, Lee Suggs with, I think he had like 183 yards or something. It was big, a big game. game. And it was against the Bengals, too, I believe. Yeah. Lee Suggs is the man. Lee, we'd also like to have you on the show. Lee we opened. And I think I brought this up before we keep talking about the trivia real fast. Anybody, if you work for, you played for, you play for currently, anybody involved with the Cleveland Browns, you are always have an open invitation to being my guest like on Six Piece in a P. Anybody, janitors, ball boys, Ruben Drones. I did. Jeff uh... Garcia. A little uh, Google stocking. Lee Suggs, I believe, is the uh, quarterback coach or something for Oberlin College. Or Oberlin. So, all right. So we might so be I, able to track him down. Maybe play the, the I website. Could, I could play the Lorraine County um, card there, maybe, um, with Ruben Drones. Be like, hey, come on the show. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and give your other trivia? I believe you had this week's trivia question too, right, Brian? Yes, I. I uh, well, you know, I was doing a little thinking about previous Browns quarterbacks. You know, we all love Bernie Kosar, and so I was like, well, who else was a Browns quarterback? And uh, I believe there's someone with the name Otto Otto Graham, I think, who was Otto Graham. Very good guy. Very yeah. Good and then there was uh, Brian Sipe. Is that how you say it? Sipe. Yes, correct. Yeah, Brian Sipe. Also a Brian. That's that's good to hear. Another B. Yes, big and B. Um, but then there was a quarterback who they drafted, and he was their he was their number one pick apparently, 
There was a lot of hope for him. Didn't work out right away. They sent him somewhere else. He came back. They had him on the team again, but it just couldn't work out. And the reason it couldn't work out was because he had a stutter. He oh. was the stuttering QB. And he the stuttering QB. He couldn't apparently call plays in the, you know, the huddles. And it just that's why his professional career faded. So, who is the Browns' stuttering QB is this week's trivia question. Answer it in the comments, or you can tweet it at us, at 6B1P. Give us an answer. And you can win. We're still. We'll do the Browns. We'll do the Browns button again. Um, and you know what? I'll throw in an extra prize this week. You get to choose the, as long as it's within reason, the Browns-related graphic that we'll use for an upcoming episode of Six Bs and a P. If you get this one right, uh, the only rule is that it has to be related to the Cleveland Browns last week's nice Kevin Mack touchdown picture from Tech Mobile. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> um. So, yes, that's this week's trivia question from Brian Wiebe. Who was the stuttering Browns quarterback that did not have a bright future with the team because of his inability to call plays? Perhaps he uh, was an omen for uh, the future at that point, you know, like the rich history of Browns quarterbacks that couldn't cut it for whatever kind of small flaw they may have had. For instance, we, the last name Fry. Charlie Fry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We need to do – that's another question. This isn't a trivia question, but if anyone out there knows, if Charlie Fry is still playing, is he like a third stringer somewhere, let us know. I'm. He's welcome on the show too. I should mention this is an invitation to open anyone. Um, Charlie Fry, late. come on down. Yeah, seriously. So hopefully at some point we'll get some of the Frosty Rucker, Charlie Fry, Romeo Cornell. There you go, on the show. But I'm happy with Brian Weeby for this week. We're going to sign off here on 6Bs and a P. One more plug, you're, you're listening here on AquabearLegion.com. As our fellow podcast, sometimes the Barry Chief says, you're one source for force, AquabearLegion.com. This is Six Bs and a P. I'm your host, Brian Costco. Special guest, Brian Weeby from Chicago, Illinois. Good People love, love him. They love you. Old Brian Cha-Ching Weeby. Um, thanks for joining me. More drum rolls. Oh, who is it? It's me, Brian Weeby. Oh, it's Brian Weeby. Everyone loves him. He's so funny. <laughs> and I do have to say, after recording the last couple episodes in Skype, Google Hangouts offer a more funny array of sound effects. Um, yeah, where it's been a nice little touch. We got a small budget here on Six Bs and a P, so it's been nice to have a little uh, sad trombone and rim shots. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, until next week. Next week, Browns play the Ravens Thursday night on the NFL Network, 8.30 or so. And uh, so I think you'll still see an episode probably by the Monday after. We'll probably have another special guest. Will it be Frosty Rucker? Tune in to find out. Woo! Woo! All right. Woo!